Welcome to Hope Inside Me, a podcast on healing. Here we talk real life and focus on how to heal and grow into the person we were meant to be, in spite of the hard stuff. I'm your host, Shannon Hoyt, and I'm honored to be on this journey with you. podcast where I am joined by my amazing sister, Lindsay, who is going to kind of banter back and forth with me about our thoughts and observations of a book that we both read, Untamed, by Glennon Doyle. It kind of became our quarantine book accidentally, both of us separately. Um, so when we realized we were both reading it, we thought it'd be fun to kind of talk about just because it's a phenomenal book that really does dive into so many aspects of life, um, in general. So this is just a little chat, um, talking about the book, but I want to give a caveat, um, before we dive into the conversation, just because, This was actually recorded the night before George Floyd died and we recorded this and you'll, you'll see the difference of what a month can make, you know, it's crazy. Um, so we talk about things that are so relevant right now. I mean, we literally in the front end of the the conversation talk about letting it burn and what that means. And while the podcast is really focused on us as individuals and how do we really strip away all the unnecessary to dive into who we are and find ourselves, our true selves, not what society tells us to think about ourselves. I feel like it's so relevant to what we're seeing historically happen right now and that same micro you know thought process that we can have can be really translated well into the macro of our culture and society but I wanted it just didn't feel right to publish this so soon after all that happened and I really wanted to give space to, you know, let, um, just let people feel the things that were being felt and still are being felt and to just pay respect to the deepness and the, um, bigness of what all has transpired over the last month. So I feel like, you know, why today? Why why am I releasing this today? And the first thing is, is because I just, I feel that we're at a space where we can not move on by all means, but, you know, this is a space that we talk about healing and, and what we have inside of us and the strength that we have to do that um, and resources that we can get. And so this is part of that is moving on to say, you know, this is part of our world now and let's talk about letting it burn and and talk about this book and I would highly recommend going to get the book it will it will change you it really will and um so this is our little chat about it um but also because it was taped um the night before literally the night before that George George Floyd died 
Um, I, we don't mention any of that. And had we had that conversation, this conversation, even a day or two later, uh, it would have been a totally different conversation. But in this context, when we were talking, we were really focusing on our own personal selves, our lives, and, and what that means to kind of let it burn and um, strip away all that is, um, is around us that may not be authentically you to find that truth within yourself. So uh, it's a great, phenomenal discussion. And as always, my sister is amazing and hilarious, so you will enjoy. Um, But I did just want to set the context as well. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the chat and welcome, Lindsay. All right. So welcome uh, to our episode today where we are discussing a book that my sister and I read recently, who's joining me tonight, Lindsay Hoyt. And um, the book was Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And we actually had a conversation last week on Lindsay's podcast, and we decided to keep it going over here because we didn't really get to discuss everything that we wanted to because the book is so good. So welcome, Lindsay. Oh, hello. I still have to publish my podcast. I have to cut out a little bit of what I said about work because I don't want to get fired. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yes, and last time you were on here, we were talking about a much different subject of vegan food and how to eat um, to help the earth, but today we're doing a little something different, so it'll be fun. Yes. Um, So we both got to read the book, and let me, tell me a little bit about, like, just your big takeaways, like your overarching feel of the book. Um, My overarching feel, oh, my big takeaways, there was just so much. I feel like she hit on so many things that are so important right now um, when it comes to being a woman. And I really just feel like the cusp of change that we're on um, as womankind to be able to allow ourselves to simply be and, and to start calling everyone around us on all the, uh, the crap. (laughs) Try not to swear on your podcast. (laughs) You can swear a little. Okay. (laughs) Call each other on our bullshit um, and call ourselves on our bullshit. So I just felt like it was very awesome. Like I looked at it like as a series of vignettes around, you know, allowing and giving yourself permission to be those things. Um, So that was kind of my key, key takeaway. I feel like there was a lot of really awesome info, a lot of really good thoughtful things in there. Yeah, I agree. It really did go from every, I mean, really every aspect of life, you know, from parenting to relationships to just general day-to-day stuff to, I mean, heck, even the things (laughs) like um, gender equality and racism, like hard stuff that she actually handled really, really well in, in, uh, in talking with it in such a short, succinct way you know I loved how some of the chapters were just one or two pages of just very much truth bombs dropped in there yeah and I I want to also and this is totally not about the content really I really appreciated um the way that she let those chapters be just what they needed to be as well I'm her writing style 
um, not even being confined to a certain thing, I think kind of speaks to what this book was allowing a, a true expression without the ideas of needing to fit even into the confines of a writing style. And I really like that as well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, before we move forward, let me just fangirl a minute so everyone has a, a again, because we did this on the last one, but um, I just want to fangirl just so people know like who we're talking about, what we're talking about, that sort of thing. So I've followed Glennon Doyle for quite a while. This is her third big book coming out, but I feel like this is actually the most impactful one that I've read. Um, and it really is, a, um, it's called Untamed, and it really is about her untaming like it's about her becoming who she is and becoming true to herself and her story and um she actually we follow i follow her on instagram and she's hilarious and she's married to is it abby is that the first yep. abby wombach. Abby. yeah abby wombach the soccer player and they live in naples near me so i get all excited that they're close to me <laughs> um but i really recommend following her as well if, and if not reading this book especially during this time like this is the best quarantine book that we could have read so <laughs> and funnily enough um to start off is that just about a week prior to me starting this book at kind of happenstance i sent you a little winnie the pooh meme thing about <laughs> piglet and Pooh were walking down the road in this picture and it was like I don't know it said something like well Pooh today seems to seems like a good day to burn it all to the ground or something like that and I sent it to you just joking just because <laughs> I feel like that meme kind of fits how our family views <laughs> some things um, and then the, really the the running theme in this book and there's a chapter dedicated to it is just letting it burn like just letting it you know just letting it all strip away so that you can just be who you are um so I, I don't know I just I love that that part I, of it I think it's also worth mentioning for the listening audience that um, you and I are both Sagittarius, which are fire signs. So yeah. I'm not surprised at all that we are attracted <laughs> to this idea of letting it burn. Um, I don't think anyone in our family does anything without intensity. Um, we're, we're a handful, to say the least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And we're not, and don't get offended for those listening. We're not really saying that we should go burn everything. Like it, it's metaphorical at times. So. Yes. Although at other times it hasn't been for me, which is how I've learned to control <laughs> my urges. <laughs> so I'm, there actually is a chapter in here called let it burn. And I, as I was thinking of how to start this off and what we wanted to kind of talk about because there's so much stuff in here um I wanted to read this little like the first paragraph of this chapter and then we can kind of just chat about it um so the chapter of call of let it burn it says when we let ourselves feel our inner tr self transforms when we act upon our knowing and imagination our outer worlds transform Living from the worlds within us will change our outer world. Here's the rub. Destruction is essential to construction. I love that part. 
If we want to build the new, we must be willing to let the old burn. We must be committed to holding on to nothing but the truth. We must decide that if the truth inside us can burn a belief, a family structure, a business, a religion, an industry, it should have become ashes yesterday. And I don't know, that whole thing just fires me up. (laughs) So I just love that thought. And I feel like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we're just in this time of the world and our lives where it's like we are being pushed to ask those questions of what do we need to strip away to live and be, to live the life that we want and be the people that we're meant to be? Because clearly something isn't working in this world, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I really look at that chapter and I I just think about like, my life over the past five years, my rocky, rocky life. But I think that it's very essential to look at when something is no longer serving you and walk away from it. Um, I, you know, and obviously the, the language that she uses is, is more descriptive and I think more engaging, like, right. Like as a writer, you want to fire people up. You want that response, but it's not even necessarily that you have to burn everything down or burn a bridge or anything. It's more like, looking at it and saying, this thing doesn't serve the end goal anymore. I'm walking away from it. Um, And I think the idea of letting it burn is really saying, sever those ties completely. Don't hold on to a little piece of it for just in case. You know, if you hold on to that little piece, it still controls you. It still has you. Um, But you've got to walk away completely when it no longer serves you. And you're right. I think right now, holistically as a culture, it's looking at what doesn't serve us anymore as people. And we've got to walk away from that. And in some cases, yeah, it needs to be emotionally burned down. There are certain things that, that need to be ashes um, as compared to, to just walk walking away from them. Yeah, I agree. And I think that is true is that you know, in any kind of journey of like healing and becoming it it doesn't serve you well to just always be so fierce and like, I'm burning it down. I have to leave it and make like this, some big, you know, show about it. Sometimes it really is just waking up in the morning and deciding, you know what, today I'm not engaging in that. You know, um, there is, let me find it. I highlighted it. Oh, one, one sentence. It said, I'm a human being meant to be in perpetual becoming. If I'm living bravely, my entire life will become a million deaths and rebirths. So, and then it goes on and says, my goal is to not to remain the same, but to live in such a way that each day, year, moment, crisis, relationship is a material I use to become a truer, more beautiful version of myself. So it really is, you're right, it's just in deciding to walk away sometimes or deciding to change and and not be ashamed of that and just to be brave about it. Absolutely. And I was just, I was just thinking in my mind about the times, you know, I've walked away from certain things and I was thinking of whenever I left Portland and the different ways that you can leave things and how some things were happening that, um, were very tangible that kind of represent the way in which I've grown in learning to walk away from things. When Mm -hmm. I left Portland a few years ago, it was when the Columbia river gorge had caught fire from Eagle river. And as I drove out of Portland, 
and through the Columbia River Gorge, it was literally on fire. Like there were forest fires around me. I had to drive on the Washington side. And I was like, well, this is very apropos for what's happening here. I guess I'm really leaving this behind. I'm literally watching <laughs> it burn. This is one of my more dramatic exits. I will say that my dramatic self is very proud of said exit. Um, when I realized the mistake mistakes I had made and needed to leave Missoula after that, um, although there was a hailstorm on my way out of the town because that's just what happens with me. I control the weather somehow. Um, I left it in a much different way where I was like, you know, there, I don't, I don't feel the need to sever so, so many things so dramatically. I'm just going to let the time and the distance take care of it and just not re-engage. So I think there are very different ways uh, um, to leave things. And, and one, in some certain circumstances, you might need it to be more of that, you know, fierce, let it burn. Um, but I think what we're, we're talking about is there are times to temper that it doesn't always have to be that and just making sure that, you know, you're not cutting off your, your nose to spite your face. And this is a little bit different than kind of what she's talking about in the book. But, you know, just being more conscientious, don't burn it for the sake of burning it, you know, double check that there wasn't a good thing or two you need to keep with you and close to you. Um, while also, you know, leaving things that aren't serving you behind. Yeah, I like, I think it grows as you grow, like in consciousness, you get a better sense of when you're leaving things that it's not necessarily that you have to leave in a huge way or like make a show or make it so uh, intense, but that you can actually look at the situation and say, you know what? at some level, I had to go through that to get where I am now. And, and it happened for a reason, even though we don't maybe see that reason at the moment, but just being thankful for the lessons we've learned along the way. Like I look back and I'm so thankful to have gone through some hard things because it taught me what I needed to know to get to this point. And to be honest, everything I'm thankful for right now, I wouldn't have if I hadn't gone through that, you know? Right. And I think, I think also looking at like, are you burning it down because you're ashamed of who you were during that time? Because if that's why you're burning it down, that's not going to serve you. You're not going to get anything. You're, you're burning it down for the wrong reason. Like, I think we are so often, um, we want to reject and sever with who we were in the past because they were imperfect versions of ourselves because we, you know, learn something and suddenly we think that we're so much better than we used to be. And then we learn a new thing and realize that we weren't. That comes with time. You learn that. Um, But I think like I used to burn things down in that way because I didn't want to be that person anymore. And I was like, I have to destroy this to move on. Um, And that's an unhealthy way to be. You have to accept who you were then And I think this goes to something that she says in the book when she's like, do the best you can until you know better, then do better. Um, And I think that was her or else she references someone else who said that. And then the other thing that I think kind of ties into this that she says in the book when she's like, now that we don't have to be perfect, we can be good, which a lot of people say. But then she takes that one step further and, and says, now that we don't have to be good, we can be free. And I think all of that kind of wraps up into that idea of, leaving that past self behind, but also recognizing that that past self was doing the best that you could with what you had at that time. Yeah, I agree. And it really does just culminate in living a life that where you are free and you are free to be yourself and you're free to 
um, shed whatever needs to be shed in order to move to that next step and, and feel oh, free to do that, you know, and have permission to do that and giving yourself permission to do that. Right. And I think you can even take it a step farther and say, as you learn to do that, what you can do is shift your mindset from uh, to more of a growth based idea where I can learn and do no- new things. I'm not fixed. And you can take that if you can learn to do that with yourself, you can take that and apply it to everywhere else in your life and say, I am not a fixed point. I am able and willing and, and capable of growing, whether it be emotionally whether it be in a new skill, any of these items, you can take that mindset. If you can say, I used to not be good at that, but I've learned it and I can grow. Um, And that can be a truly, truly powerful thing. It's actually one of like the biggest markers of people who are successful, regardless of how you define success, is that your mind is not a fixed mindset. It's a growth mindset. And it's really that willingness and openness to say, I know that I don't know everything, but I also know that I'm very capable um, and that I can grow and do and be more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's awesome. In uh, social services, the area that I work in, there's actually an assessment that looks at that. Like, is, is your growth mindset or is your mindset to the point of growth where you can actually like bring change into your life because it, that is something that's measurable of how you view things where, wherever you are in the world, you can be, you know, in any aspect of economics, location, geography, whatever. And if you have that mindset and and think in terms of that way, you will be able to bring about change and step into that freedom um, more so than if you don't. So very cool. Um, so what else? What else kind of drew you in about the book? Oh, gosh, just so much. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of what we what we did not cover the last time we chatted. Um, let me think for a moment. If you have something else, let's go to your something else while I think. Um, I, I mean, I think that I was looking at the table of contents earlier just to kind of go through where you know where I really wanted to pick out and talk about and I love the fact that this whole book is broken into parts and the first one is caged and the next one is called keys and the next part is called free and I love that idea of that they're you know, here we are feeling caged because of all the different things, you know, society, what, however, you know, how we were raised, our own thoughts, our own emotions, that sort of thing. And then in part two, it's very small. It's only four um, chapters and that's called keys. And the keys are feel, know, imagine, and let it burn. And essentially those are what she kind of outlines as that's what sets you free. You know, that's, those are the things that you have to engage in and, and walk through in order to become free in yourself. And that's that whole piece of feeling it all that we talked about last time. It's like, you have to walk through and feel it all and uh, to get to that free part. So I just, I enjoyed that keys part and one, and actually the keys, um, 
you know, it's a very small part and the freedom part of the book is actually the longest. And I think that we, I've been really, I've been sitting on this lately is I feel like we probably overemphasize or make it a bigger thing of what it means to change. Like we make it seem like, oh, I can never change or, oh, it's going to be so hard to walk through that. But then the reality is it really is mindset and it really is to say, oh, you know, there's pretty, there's small, there's small shifts that we can make that make a significant impact into our freedom and into how we live our life. And I think that we forget that because it feels harder than it may be in the end. Well, I think that that really goes to um, something that I very, very much have learned and kind of attached my way of thinking to based on, I, it kind of spawned from another book called um, Atomic Habits, which is all about building good habits, but you build them at like the atomic level. You start off with like, you know, you say like, I want to go to the gym every day. I want to be that type of person. So you say what type of person you want to be, not what your goal is. Like, who do I want to be as a person? I want to be a person who shows up and goes to the gym every day, just using this as an example. So the way that he would like have you build that habit is like for the first month, all you do is put on your shoes, go to the gym. You're only there for five minutes and you have to leave because the first thing that you're doing is you're practicing showing up. Mm, And I think you can take that and apply it to any sort of change. So if I apply it to um, what I actually decided to apply it to was I want to be the type of person that is really thoughtful about conserving and minimizing waste. And I really wanted to do that because I travel so much for work that I know I have a massive carbon footprint and I didn't have an option to get out of that world of travel. I was trying to figure out, and I'm still trying to figure out how I get out of that. However, I knew that um, there was not going to be a way for me to do that, but what's a small change that I can make that is still going to have a positive impact on the world because it's like compound interest on your 401k. It's a very, it looks very small, but if you do it over enough time, it makes a huge impact. Um, So what I started with first was I made my kitchen as low waste as possible. I stopped buying paper towels. And I think you could just like take that and apply it to anything. You know, the change that you're wanting to see, frame it more so in like, why do I want to make this change? What kind of person do I want to be? You know, it's, it's not the goal of showing up and going to the gym. It's that I'm a type of person that follows through on my commitments and I'm that committed to being healthy. Um, And then say, what's the small thing? What is the teeny tiniest thing I can do? And only start with that teeny tiny thing. Just show up. Um, And that's what I found to be a very hugely effective way to actually make monumental change. I use it so much that now I use it in work. So if I see that there's a change that needs to happen in work and we have an agreement that there is, it's very hard to shift, especially an entire like work culture. So what we do is we start with something teeny tiny and we build from there. And quite frankly, I do it to the, to the boys that I live with. I hate that there's <laughs> trash just lying around the house everywhere. So I try to make the good habit easy and put a trash can in every room. And then it's like, you don't even have to walk anywhere. You just put the trash in there. Um, so there, there's a ton of merit to that, to, to breaking down that idea of big change into a, the tiniest particle. And saying, I'm just going to do this one thing. I can definitely do this thing. And then I'm going to build from there. Then you pick the next tiny particle and you, you know, you you put it on top. You say, now I'm doing these two small things. But guess what? After five years, after one year, those two small things have a massive impact on your life. 
Mm-hmm. And this, um, I was just thinking this is perfect because it's in the, this piece of that, um, of the book. It says, this is the most revolutionary thing a woman can do. The next precise thing, one thing at a time without asking permission or offering explanation. This way of life is thrilling. Um, because that, I mean, that's exactly what you're saying is it, it really is taking the next step. And I want to talk about something because I struggle with this because I'm a type A person sometimes, um, is that I always get caught up in, well, what's that thing? How do I know what that thing is? You know, and then I'll start jumping 10 things ahead. And she talks a lot uh, in the book about just your knowing, like, it's just that still small voice. And we were talking about it earlier today. It's just that, <laughs> that intuitive, intuitive guidance system that we all have. And so sometimes taking that next step and that small incremental thing, it's just kind of tuning into yourself and being still and saying, what's my next step, you know, and doing that. Um, sometimes in, in things like, you know, going to the gym or eating healthy and stuff, sometimes there's actual guidance that you can follow and find. But sometimes in situations, it really is just kind of tuning in to say, what's my next thing? And that I found that actually really helpful because, again, I get so caught up in, well, I have to have a plan and it all has to be perfect. And I need to know step 10 before I can take step one, you know? Absolutely. So. And I, I also want to, I want to just take a moment to say something, cause I I'm currently teaching myself this. It has something to do with that being still and knowing and accepting that taking a moment of specifically with a purpose, deciding to do nothing and mm-hmm. to take a moment to tune in is in fact doing something. Mm-hmm. And this is a huge learning thing. I'm making myself meditate for 10 minutes every morning before I start the day um, to just like recenter. And I'm trying and what I am teaching myself is taking those moments for silence and tuning in is actually an effective step. I'm not wasting time. Mm-hmm. I am allowed to be in that moment. It's okay to, to relax. And, and it's okay if someone looks at me and thinks that I'm not doing anything for 10 minutes. Um, because I am, you know, doing something. And even if that doing something is just letting my mind be for a moment, um, I think we, a lot of us as women, feel that we have to constantly be being productive to be valuable. Um, yeah. And that we have a hard time with that relaxing into into that because we feel like someone's going to look at us and say, why weren't you busy for that 10 minutes? Why weren't you producing something? So I just wanted to like take a moment to acknowledge that idea um, that, that taking that moment to think, to recenter, to really clue into what's going on is not losing productivity is not doing nothing. It is an active engagement and is a very viable next step of something to do. And is probably the one that we need to be doing more than the actual physical, like productive next step that we think is the right one. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to almost go farther because you've taken those steps. Because if you don't, uh, in terms of being still, because if you are not still and you're not checking in with what that right next step is or how you're really feeling and, and dealing with anything that comes up and just being what you end up doing is like running on a hamster wheel and then totally burning out in two weeks, you know? So absolutely. It's, 
I say this all the time at work when a thousand things get thrown at us. And I say, we have to slow down to speed up. And I know it doesn't sound right, but we've got to focus in on this one thing and everything else has to go a little bit slower. But at the end, when we get to the end of all this, we will have accomplished more because we will have focused effort and not just run around, like you said, on a hamster wheel, trying to solve so many things um, without, you know, taking that step back to say, well, what is the thing that actually needs to be worked on and resolved and, and looked at at this particular moment? Mm-hmm. So, so maybe the key to all of it, <laughs> the key to letting it burn and to finding ourselves, is actually being quiet and still <laughs> and tuning in with ourselves and feeling it all. What spending time with ourselves might actually help us, you know, understand who we are and and be ourselves better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's very true. Instead of letting the world tell us who we are and all those expectations and stuff. And that's kind of what, honestly, that's why we are where we are in this world is we've for so long let people influence us instead of us in, like checking in with ourselves and being our own influence. Yes. So. The one other thing about that quote that I want to talk about is that idea of doing things without asking permission and not feeling like you need to explain yourself because I feel like I have to explain myself all the time and give justification for why I do what I do and get everyone's permission that it was okay. So that's actually one thing that I took from the book that I was like, this is the thing that I'm actively working on this year. I will do the next thing that I believe is right without explaining myself. Now that doesn't mean that I'm not going to listen to outside influences like you know, obviously you have your trusted circle. If they're like, this is crazy, like in a way that like is harmful or whatever, then I'm not going to do it. But I think when it comes down to like, um, you know, this is my intuitively, I, I think that this is the right next step and I'm not going to spend an hour asking for permission, explaining myself. I'm going to do it because it's the right thing to do. And I really feel it and doing it with that conviction instead of that wishy-washy, oh, is someone going to like, let me know that this is okay. And I say that because in my 20s, I probably looked a lot more confident to people, but I did it in a fuck you way. Sorry for my language. Um, where it was like, it was hubris. It wasn't confidence. It was, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this and I don't care what the repercussions are. Then I hit like my 30s and I was like, well, I can't, I've, you know, made some disasters. So now I'm going to be really unconfident. I've had enough bad things happen to me. I've been chastised enough for who I am that now I'm just going to ask permission to be. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, I need to regain what was confidence out of that hubris and what Mm -hmm. I learned about compassion and do that, bring those two things in to walk forward confidently in my intuition without asking permission and feeling like I have to explain myself a thousand times over because I've learned enough. I need to be confident in what I've learned about life to know that I'm making the best next step that I can. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is very true. And it is, it's just honestly a journey because, um, you know, where, who, you know, people listening to this, like wherever you are is where you are and just, look at it, learn from it, accept it because we have to, you know, we're all in different areas of our life and learning curves and stuff. And 
as long as I feel like as long as we're really paying attention and asking those questions of ourselves and being um, and just spending time with ourselves, like we were talking, we're able to look at it and say, okay, what am I learning from this? And how do I need to move forward best? And what, what does this look like to give me freedom? So, right. And, and that's very much like there is no, in, and obviously I say this, I always feel like, well, you know what? I'm not going to ask permission or explain myself. Um, <laughs> there's no wrong place to be. There's no. no wrong way to feel about the place that you are. It's just a matter of, are you on the trajectory that you want to be on? And are you making those positive next steps? And whenever you get hit with a setback, because you will, that's just life. Are, you know, how are you handling that? How are you getting back on your trajectory or how are you changing your trajectory based on what you learned? So it's a really, once again, goes back to just that, you know, are you living in a growth mindset or not? And that's really what it boils down to is, you know, are you open to learning from where you currently are so that you can get to where you want to be next? And maybe where you are is where you're pretty comfortable and you just want to make a few tweaks. And that's also super cool. If where you are is where you want to be, there's also nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's very true. That's the goal. If I can get to that, I'm good. (laughs) I have had some very honest conversations with myself over the past three months. Um, about the fact that I'm just not like, and and I think this is very important for me to understand about myself. Like I'm not a person who's going to find satisfaction. So I've taken that out of my goals in life because Mm. what I have found is that my lack of satisfaction is what fuels my want to grow. Mm. So I've stopped looking at it as a negative thing. And I've started embracing that it's not dissatisfaction. It's not unhappiness. That's my kind of my engine that keeps me moving forward and I need to stop rejecting it. Um, And I need to use it for the positive things that it brings to me. And that really my only true issue with that is that people have told me that I should be satisfied, that that thing is wrong. I don't innately have a problem with wanting to always push forward and be looking towards what's the next thing that I want to do because I am happy and satisfied when I get to my goals, it's just that I want to keep moving. I want to keep going. Mm-hmm. I want to know what the next thing is. So I've really tried been trying very hard to make peace with that part of myself and realize it's the only issue that I have with it is the issue that the world has told me I'm supposed to have with it. Yeah. But that's just and my perspective. <laughs> if you're no, and I think that that's true because you have people, a lot of people in the world that have that mindset of, I mean, honestly, probably most business owner entrepreneurs are like that. Um, And I think the key is, it's just learning that to be present in that moment, like in your current moment, to be present in that and to be grateful and, and, and find joy in that moment, then there's really nothing wrong with always wanting more or wanting better or wanting change or it's not it almost, it's not as negative as maybe the world has made it out to be, you know, as long as we're, we're being present in that moment. Right. And I've really like reframed it in my mind because I used to think of it negatively as wanting more. Like, why can't I just be satisfied with what I have? And I've realized that that's not really what it is. What I'm really yearning for is that growth 
So I don't want more necessarily. I want to push myself outside of my comfort zone. Um, and I think that that's what a lot of people don't realize fuels that it is not like it demonstrates itself in our world by accumulation of things and wealth and such, because that is how we demonstrate in our society that we are successful. And a lot of people with that drive want to be successful. But I think what's really at the core of it is less if we stripped down and we stripped it away from society, it's less about wanting things. And it's more about, I need to push to the next thing because I want to keep growing. We Mm -hmm. just have created a materialistic society where in the past that may have been a push for knowledge, a push for scientific discovery, a push for, I mean, if we look at, at how the, the entirety of the world was discovered, it's about people who are pushing to find the next thing. It's why we Mm -hmm. went to space. Like, it's this curiosity of what else is out there. It's just that we no longer have a world to satisfy curiosity. So we've had to make up a lot of insane stuff. And then a lot of it <laughs> becomes this materialistic because there's, there's very little left for our curiosity that isn't immediately apparent. We have to dig farther yeah. and deeper in it. Um, and, and I just think it's created a void where that group of people don't know where to focus that energy. And so they focused it on being productive and, and accumulation of wealth and things like that. Like in non, like in my opinion, not very like good things for the world as a whole. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of honestly led to this large dissatisfaction that like most people aren't happy and, aren't um, present because there's this societal drive to get more and more and more, you know, well, and and I have to be dissatisfied. I think a lot of people spend a lot of time distracting, like the accumulation of things and such is a distraction from that little gnawing in your gut of dissatisfaction that wants growth. And we think that things equal growth. And that's not the case. Mm-hmm. That's not what that gnawing in your gut is about. It's not about more things. And, and we've misappropriated that feeling to that um, very materialistic idea. Mm-hmm. And to tie it all back around <laughs> for end to end, since we've gone through a lot, but it actually all ties in together. It's that's when, when we can get to that point of, almost like I feel like there's a point of like desperation that you reach of saying I have got to strip away things like if you look at her um, her journey in Untamed you get to this point of saying I've I've got to change you know because I'm being so driven to feel and to be free because I feel so chained by all of this Um, so when you get to that point and you can let it burn and and let it fall away and and feel those things and move forward. Um, You're able to, to find that freedom from that, that cageness from that, um, you know, just that feeling that the world's given you that you have to go and do and, and get more stuff and accumulate everything and, and check off certain boxes. Um, But you have to get to that point where you want the change. So And I think something just really, really worth bringing up because it's something that I enjoy about this book is that she doesn't define, she tells you what her cage is and she tells you what her freedom is. So many like quote unquote self-help books out there 
tell you what your cage is and tell you how to find freedom. But I think it's really important to know that everybody's cage is different and everybody mm -hmm. idea of freedom is different. So just because someone else is doing it one way and you try to do that and it doesn't work for you, it doesn't mean you're broken or wrong. It's just that your freedom looks different. So you yeah. really do have to spend that time with yourself and say, what does my freedom look like? What are the things that I need to let burn? And it's not going to be the same as someone else's. And you, it shouldn't be the same as someone else's. If you're doing exactly the steps that someone else is doing, you are taking the idea of what society needs to tell tells you that you need to do and applying it to this thing where you're trying to be free and you're just going to build another cage for yourself. Mm, that's very true. Mic drop. That could end there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was a good ending. It's a very true. Guys, I am so excited to announce the publishing of my new workbook. It is called Hope Inside Me. It is a 21-day guide to finding healing within, and it is now available on Amazon, or you can head on over to www.hopeinsideme.com. Check it out. It's a step-by-step. Every day we learn a little thing and then we also put it into action. And it is just a true guide to meeting you where you are and helping you overcome the overwhelm of knowing that you don't want to stay in the space you're in, but not being really sure of what steps to take to get out of that and reach your true potential.